the story that fascinated me as a kid was the story of, of Korra. And it literally says, the ground under them was split apart. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up along with their households. Like the earth literally eats families alive. And that's how God deals with someone questioning leadership. I can imagine that whole scenario where that happens and the ground swallows them up and closes back up. And then Moses goes, any other questions? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Anyone else? No. Welcome to episode 90 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens and usually with a good brew in hand. And speaking of good brews, you might be enjoying a glass of vino from our sponsor, Wink Wine Club. Wink Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered to your door if your state allows it. And you can get started at trywink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order. And there are other savings available as well. Even better, we can send you three bottles on the house to try out. All you do is pay tax and shipping and... All you got to do is leave us a voicemail, 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830. Uh, we played one on the show last week, and that caller uh, emailed, got his email, and some wine's heading his way. Or you can leave us an email, info at pubtheology.com, and you can send questions you want us, want us to discuss. Uh, you can throw in some comments from previous episodes. Uh, give us some compliments. Tell us this is the best or the worst thing you've ever listened to. I don't care. We got an email. We're going to send you some wine. And we'll pick a winner every month. So check out Wink. And you want to join us for the live recording of our 100th episode? Join us at the Wild Goose Festival, July 12th through 15th in Hot Springs, North Carolina. Our topic will be, is it time to go beyond faith? Finding life and meaning in these dark times. The Wild Goose is subtitle sub sub subtitle sub subtitle when hope dies. When hope dies. <laughs> the Wild Goose is a gathering of progressive spiritual thought leaders, artists, and activists centered on spirit, justice, music, and art. Get your tickets at wildgoosefestival.org. Pull it, pull it together, man. Pull it together. I'm here. Sorry. I was getting emails that were making sounds. So I was trying to <laughs> myself and close out the emails. Woo! I'm here. I'm here. All right. Are you? You sure? You good? Good. <laughs> and you can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PT Live. And today, stories and how they shape us. We'll discuss whether they empower us to help create our own narratives or whether fate has already decided the path we will walk. So what are we drinking today, friends? Uh, 
This is uh, Reverend Ogan here from Unity and the River. And before I tell you what I'm drinking, I want to apologize for all the background noise you're going to hear. It is actually the first enjoyable day that looks like spring up here in the New England area. It's like mid-60s. It is sunny. We cracked open all the windows in the house for the first time this year. Lots of fresh air coming in, but every car that drives by sounds like a tank rumbling down the street. So... Mm. Um, it might get noisy. I'll mute my mic as often as I can. But I am drinking in the spirit of springtime from a limited release from the book Brooklyn Beery, the Brooklyn Naranjito. Wow. Um, yeah, so we got some orange flavors going on in there. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm working with today. Yum. Yum, yum. I am drinking the DC Brew, the Citizen. Oh, I love that. A Belgian style pale. Um, it has no description of the actual beer. It does have a description of citizen facts that in 1963, the citizens of Washington, D.C. won the right to vote for president and vice president of the United States with the ratification of the 23rd Amendment to the Constitution. Awesome. Yeah, but you know what? 1963. No. Still no representation, though, in the House. Nope. No taxation, no representation. Still undone. So is it is it D.C. Brew or D.C. Brow? I think I always used to say it wrong. I always just thought they spelled brew weirdly. But maybe, I mean, what would the other way mean? Like what? Yeah, right. I think it's another word for brew, but in a different right. language. So I think I'm trying to say it the other way, maybe. All right. I'm going with brew. That's my, that's my interpretation. Stick with it. Um, maybe, maybe someday I might have to mosey on down to the, um, to the brewery, brewery in DC and ask them on the tour. That would be Perfect. fun. Perfect. And I'm pouring it into my oh. Star Wars. Um, forever month. Uh, the uh, brow is the, it's the German word for like beer. Right. Brewery or beer. So is it DC brow? Is it, well, I can't. I can't. Well, is there a pronunciation guide? Um, I think I say brew because I don't want to say bra like like a yeah. dude bro. <laughs> bra. Like, bra. You bra. know, having a beer. <laughs> bra. Exactly. Like <laughs> I think that's why I just change it to brew. <laughs> that's good. It's all good. <laughs> Brian, what you drinking? Well, I am. I am drinking um, an Oak Wizard from Saugatuck Brewing down the road here. It is an oak-aged imperial brown ale. So there you go. Match our cloudy weather today here in Great Lake State. In my this, wild goose pint glass. Nice. We had to plug it. This beer is a little hoppier than I expected. I think I think you would enjoy it, Brian. I think I would. Not, not enough. Not enough orange. A little too much hop. Mm. You know me. Don't like the hoppy bears. All right, so if you were given a choice, would you rather hear a great short story or a beautiful song? I would rather hear a beautiful song, but I like music that way. And I would actually argue that a beautiful song is a short story. Mm. I think just to make things difficult, it all depends on who is, who is delivering it, because there are songs that... You know, a good storyteller. I will take a good story by a really good storyteller or they really drag me in probably over, you know, your average singer. But then again, if you are really nailing it as a singer, then 
maybe that. Um, uh, case in point, my, my daughter and I spent uh, Sunday, like 13 hours of Sunday in the car driving from Raleigh, North Carolina back up. And at one point we got in a really, I think, overly philosophical, deep emotional conversation about Beyonce's performance at Coachella. And mm-hmm. my daughter claimed that because I am not as emotionally invested as she is in Beyonce that I don't get, <laughs> I don't get Beyonce. No, I'm like, no, my dear. I, it's I, too I, sad for you though. I'm so no. sad. For you. I'm like, but no, I, I, I get it. I get that here's a performer who has transcended and, mm-hmm. and continues to transcend and continues to like her. Um, if you've not seen or heard about her Coachella performance, I mean, her whole, it wasn't an act. It was it, it, it was a, like a revelation episode. Talk about a great short story and song. Mm, right. You know. And you she's know. she's an expert at that. Lemonade was that way too. Oh my God. Blow your mind. And and the, the again, the fascinating thing was Coachella, this traditionally, you know, kind of like white bread festival. Here she's on stage with like hundreds of black musicians dancers like everybody was it was it was like a chocolate fest up there and 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 that was you know a lot of people have looked at that and said this is a testament to or refuting the whole claim in internet entertainment industry about there's not enough diversity because we can't find people to do things which right. you know we call bs on but yeah but anyways but long story short it was it was like a beautiful hybrid of story and song but ultimately Ultimately, and this is weird coming from a musician, because when I read the question, I was like, oh, it's a song, it's a song. But when I think about it, you know, um, when we, uh, like three of us, we're, we're ministers, we're preachers, we storytell for the public at least once a week. And, and as a result of that, I think I've grown to appreciate more good storytelling. Yeah. And there, you know, I was thinking about this too, that there are peoples whose voices um, I could listen to anything they read. (laughs) They just have certain voices that, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But, but I don't know. I still go with song. Brian, what do you go? What do you, what's your vote? Are you going to be the tiebreaker? It's not a competition. (laughs) The tiebreaker. Uh, Uh, I think I, uh, I probably lean toward a story because I Attaboy, it's a competition. We won. Yay. I, there's no winners. <laughs> and there's no losers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a good, Girl you know, a good, I, of course I love good music. That goes without saying, but a, a good story told by a good storyteller is, can be really captivating. Uh, and maybe also I'm voting that way because I don't have the ability to deliver any music, but I could potentially tell a story and try to occasionally as a preacher. So maybe that makes me lean that way because I'm, I'm also listening to think, could I tell that story or, you know what I mean? Or what can I learn from this person who's telling a story? Well, gotcha. Yeah. I think they both can help us to transcend ourselves, right? Like a great story can take you somewhere else and, um, a, a great song can do that both inwardly and outwardly. And um, man, I love a good story that makes me laugh like really hard. Like when you're yeah. sitting around the table with friends and somebody's telling this story that is just hilarious. Like that's that there really is nothing better than that, mm, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But yeah. 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 But if you, if, I guess I was thinking of it more in, in a, 
like if I was feeling bad, like, can I tell you a story or should I sing you a song? Like I want to hear a song. For sure. Like, so I think it's all just, you know, (laughs) garbage man's there. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I may have to close these windows and just sweat the show out. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be all right. All kind of noises. But there's, you know, some pretty great stories in scripture. Yeah, so is there a story in the Bible that fascinated you as a child? Something that always you were like, ooh, what's going on with that story? Or I love to hear that story. Hmm. I think I think for me the the as 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 a child I was always fascinated with um the way the stories were 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 shared as heroes who listened to God and were victorious. So, you know, like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Daniel, like, Mm -hmm. like um, David, uh, like Samson, you know, these, these, you know, again, of course, mostly they were, they were men, but, um, um, but even, even, you know, people like Ruth and, um, I forget the name of the, what is it? The prostitute that the Lord, uh, was it Joshua at the window? Yeah, Rahab. There you go. So, um, so these, these, these stories, but as I grew older, one of the things that I began to shift my focus on, which might also be a product of my personality was the kind of insane violence and torture that led up to the heroes. Right. You know, being able to save the day, you know, yes, the three Hebrew boys, escaped the fiery furnace but that meant they used to burn people alive daniel escaped the lion's den which meant people were thrown in and mauled by lions you know noah is really a story of mass genocide (laughs) when you think about it so it's like it's like you know we we tell these kids these these stories and we hear them as children really uniquely told talk about good storytelling where where that and that point of the story is conveniently brushed over right um, so i i did a sermon series several years ago on um it was a summer series on on children's bible stories and the real story right so like noah like the water drying up and there's you know like we've seen what happens after a tsunami right? Like there's death everywhere. Yeah. Devastation. Devastate. Right. Exactly. And how, you know, and, and we, we let our little children sing songs about the wall of Jericho when, you know, a prostitute has to sell herself to a soldier to save her family. Right. Like it just, (laughs) what, like what, what is happening? And, and so one of my stories that I was kind of, so I was a, where did, Mrs. Kane come from kind of kid. Like I was obsessed with where this woman came from. And, and honestly, I reconciled that even as a kid, I was like, Oh, well, they didn't ever mention the like girls, the girl children. So Adam and Eve must've had girls and that's how that, and even then I was like gross, but still, you know, whatever. Um, But I think the one that fascinated me the most was David and Goliath. Um, I think, the idea of there being a giant and like this very, we, we tell it in this, um, it, uh, you shall overcome kind of way like this, the weak shall be made strong. Yeah. It's a motivational story. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you can do anything because look what David did. Um, and, and that was probably, it was the most difficult to preach and to learn about as an adult because it was um, understanding the different races and the stature of, of, you know, the people of Israel versus, I forget the, the clan of the people. They were like dramatic people. Um, and so the Philistines. Like, the Philistines, yeah. So they're like bigger, bigger people. So it seemed like a giant and David was a little kid and, and then it was a racial war that was happening. Like that was actually what was going on. And um, yeah, I think it's just fascinating to kind of read these. The, the, the one that like, I never want to, well, I mean, all of, you know, like people named it like Ezra, Nehemiah, um, like the killing, the slaughtering of hundreds of thousands of women and children, right? Like that's one that I just hate every pit of. But um, I don't want to talk to people, I don't want to talk to my kids, especially about um, the sacrifice of Isaac. Ah, yeah. Mm. That one is, I don't, I no, like that is not my God, right? Like that is not the God I understand. Well, Uh, well, well, Isaac was not actually sacrificed, came close. Oh, no, you don't get to, like, no, there's no, I'm there's, just saying, I mean, to me, it, it, that is a great example of how people think they hear God speaking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. wow, you really thought that was God and you were willing to kill your son. Um, Abraham, I think you need to go on some psychiatric medications. Like then. Okay. So, so then why did he stop then? If, if he thinks he's hearing God's voice and he's having less just for argument's sake, because finally God did speak. (laughs) Oh, God saved the day. I think maybe, maybe God didn't save the day. Maybe (laughs) Abraham just couldn't do it, you know? Um, but man, that's a terrible story. Yeah. Like this is what you have to be willing to do in order to serve God. Like you have to be willing, like God sacrifices children in order to, and I mean, that's, that's, that's not just one story. I mean, that's a recurring story. Right. And, and doesn't, is, doesn't Paul use that as an example of why Abraham's the father of faith and that he was willing to sacrifice his only son. And then, and then also using that, well, God did the same kind of thing. Yes. yes. That and feels kind of like get, a dirty maneuver to me. Yeah. And that's how we get these terrible atonement theories, right? right? Like yes. these awful, like, and it's like, but, Isaac, but right. Like the, I think that it wasn't okay. So let's argue it this way. Right. So that's a theme over and over again in scripture that children should be sacrificed. And it's a terrible atonement theory from Paul. And yet what, what if the story of Isaac is there to tell us that that is not the way God works, right? That the other gods require sacrifices and God does not, this God does not. Right, and, and yet we never learn that lesson, so we continue to do it over and over again. I don't know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So what you know, it's it's one of those like, what? Why aren't I think we talked about this one other time, right? Like, why aren't are are there not Bible stories in the Bible that are there to teach us what not to do? As an example, that's you know? right. It's not always an endorsement of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Well, I think every story tells every story has that mix of what to do and what not to do is always, you know, the protagonist, the antagonist is always, you know, you can't have a good story unless both those elements are, are mixed in, you know, Cain and Abel added like all the great stories have the elements of, you know, you don't do the right thing. 
you're going to be punished. You do the right thing, you'll be saved. So there's, there's the elements of what to do and what not to do. Um, and, and they can be, they can be interchangeable. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Cain and Abel's story, you know, which was always one of the ones fascinating me as well. You know, for me, the moral was, wait, if my brother pisses me off enough and I kill him, I'll still be okay. Like what's happening here? Cause here's wow. Cain murdering his brother out of jealousy. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, what, what does God say? You know, no one can lay a, lay a hand on Cain cause he's, you know, he's, he's, he's still my dude basically <laughs> is what yeah. God is saying, you know, which, which kind of, you know, has that element of like forgiveness in it to some extent, but the dude killed his brother. <laughs> so, you know. Well, and there wasn't no punishment, right? There was punishment, but it wasn't a punishment of death. That's true. You know, yeah. it was a punishment of banishment and but, yet protection from. Yeah, because then, then he could walk the earth. Yeah. There's and then no. he had, well, the other way of saying that is then he had to walk the earth, right? Right. He he had to. They had to leave Eden. They had to leave their place. Um, well, it was. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be awkward in anybody's house after you kill one of the kids. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. You know, did God tell him walk the earth, or did you know even Adam were like, dude, we I can't look at you anymore. What was the story? I mean, I, it, this isn't biblical, but isn't there, um, didn't somebody like later write the story of Cain that like Cain is, he's not allowed to die. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, isn't that a, isn't that a story somewhere that got that like his curse is really that he wasn't a, like the marking. Um, and again, this is not scripture, but the, the marking um, was actually a thing that didn't allow him to die. And he had to walk the earth. It, forever it gave oh him God, immortality he's yeah. still walking around right now that i mean that was the that was like this story whatever I, again and i'm sorry i don't know what it's just now coming back to me the story is that like yeah that that what that marking meant and what the what the you have to walk the earth meant was that he could never die and that that was the that was the real eternal punishment so his journey was to find someone who could put him out of his misery I guess. Right. Are you saying are, are you saying Kane is the Highlander? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it was kind of was like that. Yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> like, oh, interesting yeah. plot twist. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. You know, in terms of like shaping me, um, in my faith of like, I mean, there's so many like big children's stories that are like what not to do. Mm -hmm. But there's also, I mean, I really do think the Good Samaritan shaped me as a person and not just a person of faith, but like as a person, right? Um, It was really like hearing the Good Samaritan story as a child made it really hard to walk by someone in pain or walk by someone in need um, and not think about God, you know, God's calling me somewhere. Um, Yeah. It's just a good story, right? Like, it's a great, like, simply, I mean, there's a lot of complex things the way Jesus tells it, but, like, a very simple, like, this is what it looks like to love your neighbor selfishly. Yeah. The story, sure. the story of um, Ananias and his wife in the book of Acts made me scared not to give my offering at church, just thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd be struck down. <laughs> gonna be done like a lot i mean let's face it a lot of these bible stories are just terrifying 
you know. Oh, I mean, Lot's yeah. wife used to terrify me. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Lot's wife was like, I was like, what the hell? Like. <laughs> and you what? alluded. Go ahead. No, just like what? Why? Well, like, yes, why? it felt it felt so imminent. Like just looking the wrong direction, and your life might be over. What? Yes. This is an option. And and exactly. And you alluded to this last week, Shannon. I don't remember if it was in the body of the show or if it was on the video about you know the the text regarding you know the sin of Onan and mm. and masturbation and how right you know I mean years years of guilt around that right <laughs> <laughs> you know a perf a perfectly healthy exercise and all of a sudden it's like you know is this the, is this the time we're gonna keel over afterwards like <laughs> yeah. you know like. Just yeah. this one last time, God. Just let me have this one last one. <laughs> Although it's not course, a bad way to go when you think about it. <laughs> I know, that's what I always kind of thought. I was like, you know, if I'm going to be struck down, this is the way to do it. <laughs> and his name is four letters that starts with an O and ends with an N. Yeah, exactly right. Close to hitting close to home. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. But yes, but that's the other thing. All those, all those Bible stories around human sexuality... Yes. That that you know when you when you combine it with adolescence, which is already tough enough discovering and and trying to define and understand one's sexuality, and you have all these Bible stories that pretty much say this is the narrow way you gotta go with this, everything else is sinful and shameful, like mm -hmm. that does a number on 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 a young person who's developing and then you you have people going into relationships and marriage with still a very unhealthy um idea of their sexuality and how to think about sex and it it, it wrecks havoc no no question and, and i'm i'm gonna like let's talk about so for me as a child, I didn't even know what masturbation was. Like I didn't, I mean, and I'm like, this is probably way older than, you know, I care to admit. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't under, I mean, I knew what it was for boys. I didn't understand what it was for girls. Like, right. I didn't, I didn't understand how female anatomy worked because I grew up in a very conservative evangelical house where none of this was talked about. Right. None of it. And, and I heard those, what you just named those kind of scriptures in church and all I heard about sexuality in women was that they're sluts. Yeah. Like shame, every Bible story too. about sexuality in women is that they're whores. And, and I mean, over and over and over again, you know, people were naming stories on our Facebook page when we put this up um, a couple hours ago and like Samson was one. And I was like, well, there's one about, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's a horror story you know <laughs> um an abuse of power right so somehow david and bathsheba it when i grew up was still bathsheba's fault oh my god right. he should have whatever and she gets punished because their child dies um you know like there's punishment for her because she should have been and and it's always prefaced and and i'm guilty of this i've used this too it's still always prefaced as this redemption story of david he did he you know he made right. this bad thing but look god still used him um uh, you know to yeah. to become you know arguably the greatest king in in judaic history 
And nowhere, nowhere does it mention, yeah, dude abused power to the point where he sent her husband to be killed. Yeah, he killed her husband in battle. Like you he know. On the front lines, you know, yeah, yeah. And um, somebody else mentioned, it's interesting, somebody else mentioned Job as one they would never, like, talk to their kids about. And I find that really interesting. And I can see why, right? Like, God and the devil have some um, bet going, and so they yep. kill all of his children, <laughs> Yeah, really the story I want to tell my children. <laughs> High stakes. <laughs> like, you could just die at any moment just because God chooses so. But right. um, but I do think it's a lesson of, I, I don't think we should shy away. Let me put it this way. I don't think we should shy away from lessons of loss and stories of loss. Right. Um, and the difficulty and the grief of that. I do think Job is a great example a very few examples in the Bible of actual grief and sadness, you know, and wrestling with that. Um, our stories like to, our stories in our church, in my opinion, like to just skip right over those grief. We don't like grief at all. Right. Us. Yeah. Brian, you've been quiet. <laughs> well, uh, what about the story? The story that fascinated me as a kid was the story of, of Cora, who sort of raises up this uh, rabble of, of, um, other Israelites who are sort of questioning Moses's leadership and who says leadership, Moses is the only one to speak for God. And this is a number 16. And it literally says um, that the earth, the ground under them was split apart. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up along with their households, everyone who belonged to Korah and all their stuff, all their goods. Like the earth literally eats families alive and that's how God deals with someone questioning leadership. What? It's like a little, little shop of horrors. <laughs> yes. Brian, Brian for the deep cut story in numbers. Nice. I can imagine that whole scenario where that happens and the ground swallows them up and goes back up and then Moses goes, any other questions? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyone else? No? We're Why? Good. Why do we not tell? Like, these are, uh, these are great stories. And but... parents can read that to their kids and say, hey, you know, you got any more questions right. about how I'm doing things? There right. you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you get for speaking truth to power, let me tell you. <laughs> right? Oh, man. You want me to show you what happens? I'll show you what happens. The so, plagues bothered me, mm. although excited me too, because I was the youngest. I was the baby. So it was like, ooh, only firstborns. Babies are great. <laughs> so the plague, but the plagues bothered me, and it still bothers me. Um, when I was in seminary, my preaching professor, my preaching and ethics professor, professor asked the question, is there a Bible story, right? We are supposed to find good news in every scripture, right? And, and a good word, if you will, not necessarily good news, but a good word for yeah. encouragement and hope for the people. And he said, is there, is there a Bible story that you cannot preach? Like you want, you would not be able to find a good word for the people. And that was a rough like question. And again, I went back to Ezra and Nehemiah and, and, that um, specifically, so when they return home to Israel after being in Babylon and they begin to rebuild the city, the, the Israelites who were left behind, right? So they were still in Israel the whole time and under the occupation and they married um, the occupiers and they had children. So even though they were, they were Israelites, they just, they hadn't been moved in the diaspora and those women and children 
and the, the, the families were then kicked out of the gates. So the, the men were killed, the, the women and children were kicked out of the gates, left to die in the desert. Mm. And hundreds of thousands of women and children. And it's like, I, I know, I, do, I, I mean, to me, that is only a story about human cruelty and how, and, and separation and, and God had nothing to do with that. In fact, I, you know, I just don't see any good, good word from God in that whatsoever. Um, but my preaching professor mentioned um, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart against the people and making the conditions worse. Um, which some people are arguing like our political climate today, like that's, that's what's happening, right? It's getting, we're doing this so it gets harder so that more people will see how terrible it is. Like that's an argument that's being made. Right. And I, it gets, I just, it gets, it gets worse before it gets better. And I disagree. I disagree with that. That's the way God works. I don't think that that. Yeah. And, and the wrestling hard. with the Pharaoh text is, you know, um, the, the language of Pharaoh hardened his heart or the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Exactly. And then it's kind of gets dicey. So then God, are you actually enabling an oppressor? Mm-hmm. Right. Who, who's responsible here? If God's making him this way, then who's ultimately responsible in the story? Well, that's hard. God, God, because again, you know, when, when, when you look at the, the, again, this is why Bible, uh, history and context is important when you look at when that story was probably written again it's it's there, there's no god is responsible for everything you know god is responsible for the, the conditions and the emotions of every person it was god who sent the spirit that troubled saul so that they could go find david god was the instigator for it all yeah. so uh uh, so yeah, it's you, you know you read some of these these earlier stories in the in the chronological timeline of their history. It's it almost seems that yes, God is the one making things harder, mm-hmm. so that then God can come in and save the day. It's like an interesting, almost like narcissistic kind of bent. I'm gonna mess you up. And then save you. Talk about abusive relationships. Right. Just saying. And and that's, by the way, you mentioned one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Like the story of Saul going to find David. Yeah. I love that story so much. And I I heard it, um, I think it was my second or third year in seminary. I think for the first time. Like, I mean, maybe I'd read it, you know, before, but I didn't really hear it. And and I, it was, I was searching, it must've been my third year in seminary and I was searching literally for a call and, and Saul goes and he talks to David's mother and says, I'm, I'm looking right. He's looking for, for David. And she says, Oh, he's out, you know, he's out with the sheep. <laughs> he like, right. he won't be back for a long time. Like, let me, I have other sons or I have, you know, here, let me give you. And, and he goes, no, I will wait here until he returns like i will wait here for the right one and it's just such whatever and i don't i i don't have it pulled up but like whatever that phrase is that he said almost changed my life right like no i i will wait like this is this is the way god works there is a um there's a beautiful pattern to this like it it has to be him and it has to be right and it has to be that that it's good and i just i loved that 
and I've I've kind of held on to that for a long time. So clearly, years. clearly, clearly, Saul preferred the beautiful song over the great short story. Exactly, because David was a singer. There you go. Full circle. You're welcome. <laughs> well, and that and that talks about uh, your your story. Thank you for sharing that, Shannon. Uh, is an example of a story shaping us, right? A story that can speak into our own lives and give us uh, encouragement or, or an example of, of how to act in a certain situation. Um, and so, so how, how do stories work in that way, particularly biblical stories? And, and do biblical stories hold out that we, are, that we hold the power of our own destiny or futures? Or, or are they telling us that God already has some plan that is inevitable? That's a lot of questions to unpack in one question, but I gave you too much. You have, you have two minutes. Too much, too much, too soon. <laughs> but I think, I, so, so, so stories of themselves, I think are supremely important in terms of, of our, our culture surviving us as people. It, it, the, the, the stories are who we are. You know, it's, it's how we are remembered It's how immortality is, is gained in the telling of the stories. Now, here's the thing, as we've alluded to, the story stands alone. We can use it to uplift or inspire, you know, acts of compassion and kindness and uplifting, or we can use that same story to inspire acts of violence and horror and discrimination and hatred. You know, so it's, it's, it all depends on who's telling the story, why are they telling the story, and also how we interpret it when, when we hear it. You know, and do we do we? And a lot of that is, you know, our personal context and our hardware. And do we hear the story as as something to inspire hope in us, or do we hear the story as I better keep myself acting along the straight and narrow, otherwise God's gonna punish me? So I I, I think in many ways that the story in itself is not the problem. It's who's telling and why they're telling it. Now, in terms of the whole destiny question, you know, I, I, I don't believe anything is prescripted for us. I don't believe any way, shape, or form that, um, that, 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 that there's a destiny already decided. We, yeah. you know, the definition of free will is that we choose. So I don't think, I don't think free will can coexist with the idea of, of predestination or, or things already scripted for us. Yeah. Shanna looks pensive. Well, I'm, I, you know, this is always a really difficult, like, um, predestination, destiny, right? Like, it's all, it's, it's a very difficult thing to talk. It really is hard for me to talk about. Like, I, mm. and it, and, and I've always just, I kind of stick it on the shelf on the like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how God works. I, I don't really think it affects. Like any argument that you use, even for pre, say like everything is preordained, like it it doesn't affect the way I live life. It just can't, right? Like over and over again, it just it it just can't. And I um, anyway, I just I don't I don't know what to do with it, right? Um, yeah, and I, I mean, there's there's the attractive part of the idea that God has a plan, and maybe not only a plan, but God 
has the end in mind or even knows exactly how things are going to turn out. There's something comforting in that. And that's been a, a, yes. a big part of, of many people's faith journeys and theological traditions. But at the same time, right, the Bible also holds up a human responsibility narrative that wouldn't make any sense if we didn't have responsibility for the decisions that we make. And so, you know, it's probably not an either or. Uh, and I, I grew up in a very heavy uh, predestination tradition. I, I don't hold to that so much anymore. Um, I think the future is wide open and even God can be surprised at how things might turn out. But that's just my heretical, I, you know. I mean, I do. I, I agree. God might I be surprised. Think, <laughs> um, I, I think that whatever whatever is going on, it just doesn't, we can't live life as if, I'm a puppet, right? Like, right. And, it, and again, like true Calvinists will say, that's not what it means. But like, that sure feels like what it means. <laughs> it does. Well, it does. <laughs> it does. Like when you talk about it, that's sure, that's sure what it sounds like is that I'm, I'm just this marionette for God, you know, <laughs> title the episode. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Show title. Marionettes for God. <laughs> Marionettes for God. I mean, I just can't live life that way. I, I very much embrace the trap whoa that is scary <laughs> for those of you listening brian just held up a very scary doll <laughs> this was on my desk uh, yesterday morning uh, all with a little sign that, that josephine that. wrote says let's talk business yes but that doll has a creepy that's, little face on it that's a nightmare waiting that's Quite nightmares lovely. nightmares waiting to happen right there. <laughs> God. Sorry, Marionette inspired that uh, little. Yes, thing. of course, of course. But you know that I mean, we're I'm not a I'm not a part of a play, or if I am, it's a really, really scary improv show. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> which honestly are the best shows. They really are. But like I, I mean, I am walking the edge at all times. Oh, um, and I mean, but I take real responsibility and free will, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I. I I have been working on this, um, living with this idea that like free will for us is God's way of having really good boundaries with humanity. Like, <laughs> like okay, I created you, but like, mm, we've got to, I'm going to have to stay over here and you're going to have to do your thing over there. And, and like, it, I get input, but I'm not going to control you. Is it boundaries or just refusing to take responsibility? Maybe <laughs> like, both, any, right? Anything that happens now, not on me. I'll, I'll let I you know when my children are adults, whether or not I'm. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting point you raised because I want to go back to, to something we talked about last week when we talked about, you know, I mentioned God being like the, the, like the very energy and act of creation versus the creator. And, you right. know, then Brian asks, why can't God be both? And, 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 and my issue with the both part, yes, Brian, you said it. My issue with the both part then is if we say God is creator, then it does open up that box about the predestination question. If God is creator, why did God create this? What's supposed to happen with the creation? Like, did God have a plan or intent for the thing that it created? Because nobody creates anything without in mind what things supposed to do when it's when it's been created and how it's supposed to use. And granted, some people you know, take creations and, 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 and take them further. But, but for me, that, that, that opens up that, that avenue of, in a sense, still personifying God. And then when we do that, 
for me, then it, it, it always leads to that point of then what, what do I really have the free will? Do I really, or, or is my free will limited to what I have to do to continue to stay in the good graces of this God that created the thing and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's, so for me, anything, it, it is, it is nuanced and yet it's not anything for me that sniffs of, of, of God as personality and personification I want to stay far away from because no. it sets up all kinds of qualifiers that. But I disagree that anyone who creates creates for a purpose or creates with a purpose in mind. Like I, I think that a lot of art is just created, right. Or mm-hmm. um, I mean like any visual art um, music can sometimes, I mean, there's, there's certainly like, um, we watch a lot of comedian stuff, right? And they, and, and we watch interviews and we'll, where people talk about the creative process of, does it just happen? Did you work at it? And, and they were, you know, it's, it's always kind of both. Like some things just kind of happen. It's just kind of created and it just exists and it's beautiful and wonderful. And it, they call it, you know, the flow, you get, you get the flow. Right. And then there's other things that you like work on tirelessly, like a song. And it's just, it's like pulling teeth and it's terrible and it's so hard. And, and I just don't know though, that like, I feel like, I don't know that creation, I mean, I think a lot of medicine comes out of accidents, right? Like, isn't, um, you know, like finding x-rays was a weird thing that happened that wasn't supposed yeah. to ever happen. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting thing to think about. That is interesting to think about because I think as you noted, sometimes creation, uh, it almost just like, it has to come out, you know, with an artist, uh, it, right. like I, I don't have a big plan for this piece of music, but I, it's in me and I have to let it out or this painting or whatever. And it might become something on its own. And people might say, Oh, what were your plans for that? Or, well, then they might say, I don't, I didn't, it just came out. And that's a really interesting way to think about the creation of all that exists. Right. Like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know what's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Right. I mean, as you know, it's, I, I always ask, like, it's, it's the, the, you know, a flower, it, it needs to flower. Like mm-hmm. the, it, it feels the sun and it bursts open, right? It's spring finally. Like we're I believe, I believe bloom is the verb you're looking for. The yes. flower, the flower. Flowering <laughs> the flower or deflowering the flower. That's a whole, that was last week's episode. The, the, the tree <laughs> needs to tree. The car needs to car. They need to bloom. <laughs> they need to bloom and feel the sun and. <laughs> yeah words are not my strength today Sorry, friend. <laughs> not not today uh, not today <sighs> or really any day let's put it that way oh my god i talk for a living <laughs> fancy fancy that <laughs> you need some preparation god help preparation us all. um what time we got do we want to pass a pour or or yeah. skip for today where, where are we at i think we should we pass or pour I'm ready to pass answer. or pour. All right, let me let me pull it up. I kind of forgot. I actually am responsible for that. And... <laughs> what? Oh, it is wait shocking a second! That something came about, <laughs> and Ogan wanted to be responsible for it. I know, right? <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was clearly not predestined. Otherwise, God <laughs> just has not figured me out yet. Anyways, Are you a planner or do you wing it, Ogan? What? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, the answer. the answer is yes. I feel like that's uh, the best answer. <laughs> here we go. This one has been uh, making the headlines in all the in, in in many news stories, and maybe you've heard it. But 
a Texas man was sentenced to 50 years for the $1.2 million theft of fajitas. Want to pass or pour that? What? I want to pour that. I want to, what? <laughs> exactly. So. A fajitas? Fajitas. You see, this is why headlines are fun. So from, from, uh, <laughs> from ABC News, a Texas man has been sentenced to 50 years in prison for stealing $1.2 million worth of fajitas over nine years. 53-year-old Gilberto Escamilla was sentenced after pleading guilty to theft by a public servant. Uh, he had a fajita scheme that kind of got out of control. See, he was, he was working at a Cameron County Juvenile Center, and he was delivering them to customers, and he would just kind of hold on to a few of his own. And his scam was discovered when he missed work for a medical appointment and had an 800-pound fajita delivery arrived at the center, which doesn't actually serve fajitas. So what he was doing was ordering these things through the center. Oh. And it oh okay. Yeah. So he was fired in office. That was not clear. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to excuse me. I've got a fajita scheme that's gone out of control. <laughs> fajita scheme. What? <laughs> no, it was totally yes, not okay, clear that, that he was, right. that he was yes. eating these fajitas. I'm sure he was reselling them. Yes. He was fired in August and arrested after they checked the invoices and ordered, got a search warrant and discovered and uncovered the uh, county funded fajitas in his refrigerator. Mm. How far would you go for a fajita? Not wanted. that far. Nope. <laughs> not, not that far. Uh, not All right. That. Here's, here's, here's another one. Here's another one. Um, what is wrong with us? I really, yeah. Um, the poop train's reign of terror in small town Alabama has ended. <laughs> Brian is about to fall out of his chair. This is real, people. This is what we do to each other. All right, you're gonna. Is this an you're article gonna have to, about fertilizer. You're gonna have to pour that one. Oh, there it. She already. Oh, there it is. What? What did you say? Is this an article about fertilizer? So Brian says pour it, but I'm I'm going with fertilizer. This is no. It's not about fertilizer. No. Oh. About fertilizer. No. No, 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 no. Then I got nothing. <laughs> so, in real quickly, in um, this is from NPR.org. Uh, the small town is Parrish, Alabama, and for almost two months, a train filled with sewage sludge oh. was sitting oh. used for youth baseball, simmering in the afternoon sun, just thinking up the place. The mayor said to the Associated Press, and I quote, "It smells like death." So, so long story short. Um, New York and New Jersey is basically exporting their sewage to landfills in other states because they don't have anywhere else to put it. Wow. Okay. So this train um, was blocked by one town from passing through and therefore the next town over. So it was stuck in Parish. And, and uh, thankfully it's moved on and now it's heading to its final destination, a landfill. But for two months, it just sat there sweltering in the sun now let me let, let, let to, to get a sense of this how many millions of pounds of poop no, do you think no, this train is no. covered with i don't uh, no. i don't know 10 million pounds no oh my gosh million. nope i am done i mean all right but, you're done okay. but can they get cat stevens to do a benefit and sing right <laughs> yeah really train <laughs> yeah really the all right train. so yeah. <laughs> moving on 
a, a, a dad interrupts a marriage proposal with a say no sign. <laughs> okay, isn't that self-explanatory? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need to pass here. You yeah. can pass on that one. That's fine. <laughs> pass on that one. Um, I mean, it used to be the like, I'll give you a brand new car if you don't marry my right, daughter, right. but now it's a say no sign. Yeah, so this one sense. actually is kind of related to to storytelling. Remember how we talk about stories and how they, um, um, like, con- you know, they hold our history, they convey who we are as people, and so on. So true story. Uh, Russell, a let me start over. <clears throat> a Russell Crowe movie jockstrap was gifted to an Alaska blockbuster. I could pass on that one too. <laughs> nope. Really? I, I have zero interest in that story. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We will, we will pass on it, but, but when you get the chance, look up, look up John Oliver. Cause John Oliver <laughs> from last night is involved in this. But wha- No. Yes. <laughs> and f- uh, all right. This is the last one. We'll throw it yet. Wow. And then we'll, we will wrap the show up. Okay. Um, a man was bitten by a shark or a man bitten by shark previously was mauled by a bear and bitten by a snake. That man needs therapy. <laughs> it's either that or I give you a dealer's choice. You either talk about that one or we can talk about this other headline. Homeowner finds naked intruder in her tub eating Cheetos. Yes, I want to talk about that uh, yeah, let's do the, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, we got to pass right. on the other one, pour on the Cheetos. I right. want to know about the Cheetos. So, <laughs> Police in Mono. Cheetos, did you? <laughs> Cheetos, yes. I have a bag downstairs now, but you won't see me eating them naked. Police in Monroe, Louisiana, say a woman came home to discover a naked stranger in her tub eating her Cheetos while taking a bath. Um, the 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 intruder, 29-year-old Evelyn Washington, was arrested on burglary and property damage. Charge. It was a woman. It was a woman. Um, so what happened was the officer came in and found a tub full of water and a plate of food along with a half-eaten Cheetos bag belonging to the victim on the toilet next to the tub. Washington, the intruder, told the homeowner and police that an unknown male had told her to break into the house and police found a tall ice chest under the broken window. So it would seem... What? I'm reading into the story, but it would seem that she had an accomplice... They planned this break-in, and it sounds like it was either a date gone bad or they were just having fun because they got food, they got the ice chest, they're going to take a bath. The question for you guys, obviously, is what is your favorite snack? What is your favorite place to eat it? Is it wow. Cheetos in the bath? I mean, so many questions. Like So many questions. Hey, lady, having a hard day? I've got a plan for you. <laughs> right. Like, who? Wait. I'm so confused. What's the payoff other than <laughs> relaxing with Cheetos? Hey, that's a, not a bad payoff in Not a bad so. payoff. But in a stranger's bathtub? Like, I'm I'm gonna take the Cheetos and run. Yeah, like, you're oh, right. Good lord. See, now when now we, we laugh at these ridiculous headlines, but you can't tell me that predestination exists with these <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> What, you can't tell me this was part of God's divine plan. What God would script this? <laughs> true. Very I'm with you. true. I'm with you. Um, my favorite snack. Uh, I mean, I do love me some Cheetos. Um, Brian, do you know what yours is? 
Boy, I, I don't know. I mean, some really like some deluxe nachos, mm. jalapenos and, you know, cheese and, and yes, meat. Sorry, vegetarian friends. Mike? Why are you sorry about meat? My, yeah, well, yeah, why are you sorry? Nice cheese plate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Mm. Um, I, uh, my favorite snack is kind of in the Cheeto family. Trader Joe's has their own brand of Cheeto type product that has a lot less artificial nasty dyes and stuff and i go to eat a handful and then the whole bag's gone the bag's gone yeah bag's gone. Gone. yeah i and actually i i will admit that like um i am not allowed to buy cheese balls in our house like because that happens like i'm, I'm yeah. just not allowed to buy the cheetos family. next thing you know the tub is on and exactly you know i don't even like you know oh good look actually cheese balls do come in a tub so maybe that <laughs> there you go there you go maybe that's what it meant well done um you know what i'm gonna go with like chocolate ice cream like that is my like Ooh. i love me some chocolate ice cream nice the end of the day the middle of the day pick me up like yeah i'm going with that it's my favorite snack i don't know if it's a snack but you know whatever <laughs> i think it counts that's I all i got that's I'm all i got it. for today's edition of passer poor well, excellent. I'm just, I'm really surprised. I'm sorry. I'm, I am sorry. My, I'm going to apologize to my male friends out there for just assuming that that headline was a man. <laughs> yeah, I right. had the same visual, honestly. And I'm right. sorry I had any visual, but when it was woman discovers naked stranger in her tub, it just. It was a man. Like it, it was a man. Itself. Yeah. Well, let's, exactly. let's be clear. Something that ridiculous and stupid really does sound like a man would do. We tend it to does, ass- right? like, tend to assume that women are the smarter criminals. You know, men would yeah. a man would do something like ridiculous like that. You get in, you steal the bag of Cheetos, and you eat them shamelessly in your car. <laughs> yeah. Right. But a guy, is- he he's breaking in. He's like, let me get some. He going in. He's like, I'm hungry. Let me find some snacks. You know what? Nobody's home. Take a bath. Right. Relax and crime spree. So, you know, it happens. And then they sent her husband off to war to die on the front lines. <laughs> what? Wow. That took a turn. Well, short story. Tune in next week for... <laughs> for more. Ask uh, Sheba, you know, David Saar on the thing. Uh, Taking oh, a bath. Wow, you are bad. Whoa, you just pulled it together at so many levels. See? There you go. It was well done. <laughs> And y'all just missed it. <laughs> it went right over your heads. You did. I had to explain it. <laughs> what was she snacking but on? Do you listener, think? if you got it before I explained it to the boys, you call us and you tell us. <laughs> yeah, leave what? us a voicemail and tell us how dumb Brian and Ogan are, because you know. What do you think she was snacking on? Uh, well, she had servants giving her grapes. So. Matzo balls. Matzo balls. Matzo balls. <laughs> All right. Drinking well. her wine in her bath on the roof. Like good women. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can connect. Should we we really? You might be be wondering. Should we really tell them thank you after that or we're sorry? (laughs) We're so sorry that you tuned in to Pub Theology Live. (laughs) Apologies, friends, who tuned in to Pub Theology Live. But we're glad you did. And I think you are, too. Of course, you can connect with us and spread the word on social media. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. You know, you have your phone with you. You're hanging out in some stranger's tub. Just listen to some Pub Theology Live. 
and please rate us on iTunes because if you rate us on iTunes, that helps other people find the show and that's always a good thing. And you can watch us on YouTube or the New Thought channel. And if you'd like to find a conversation group, a pub theology group in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And thank you again to our sponsor, Wink Wine Club. That's Wink with a C. We'll find at trywink.com slash PT Live. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I mean, leave it for an episode about Bible stories for things to get a little out of control on the show. <laughs> Some of those Bible stories are out of control, I expect. I mean, that's the thing. I think, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, Bible, like, Bible stories are amazing. Like, they're amazing stories. They're so weird and funny and terrifying. <laughs>